You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 718 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Wednesday evening into Thursday morning as I record this, and it comes on the heels of a pretty rough performance, honestly, from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the second half, not as bad as the first half, but in the end, a 127-105 to defeat at the hands of the Cleveland Cavaliers um, in a game the Hawks were supposed to win. Uh, not, not necessarily by a large margin, but coming into the game, the Cavs had lost 13 of their last 14 before Wednesday, and uh, Atlanta was basically back at full strength. You know, Clickapella is still out, Scalabissier is still out, but for the first time in a very, very long time, the Hawks had 13 guys active and healthy um, because DeAndre Bembry was uh, available to play in this game. Also, DeAndre Hunter was still on the injury report, but was able to play. And uh, the Hawks, as I said, were projected to win. Uh, no Kevin Love for Cleveland, and uh, entering the game at tip-off, the Hawks were about two-and-a-half or three-point favorite in this game, and rightly so, honestly. You know, having the Hawks be on the road and be favored is not necessarily, you know, something that makes a whole lot of sense because they were 6-23 and on the road coming into the game, but with, with the way that Cleveland is playing, at least was playing before this game, Cleveland was basically the worst team in the league for the last couple of weeks. So you can kind of see where that line was coming from, and Atlanta entered the game as probably the better team on a neutral court for sure. Um, but alas, in the first half, things kind of bottomed out for the Hawks, and they never really recovered from that. So we'll dig into the game as we always do here on the podcast. And in the early going, the Hawks opened pretty roughly a 6-0 run to open the game from Cleveland. Um, the Hawks did not have a single field goal for about the first three and a half minutes of the game until I, d- I dunked by, by Damian Jones. Dwayne Debbins started this game, which was, uh, I thought, the right decision coming out of the first two games. You know, I, I sort of understood why Debbins didn't start the first two games because he was coming into new, to a new team, no practice, etc. But um, after that, after they had that finally that had that off day between the uh, games, they went to Debbins as a starter. He's, of course, a lot better than the other options available. So starting him made a lot of sense. But in this game, he bowed foul trouble. Throughout the game, honestly, um, Devin has had two fouls in the first two and a half minutes or so of the game, which prompted Jones to enter. And then later on, Devin had three fouls in his first four minutes of play. And then looking ahead to this, the second half, Devin had four fouls in his first six minutes of play. So, you know, it's, it's, a t- it's a tough matchup for any big man against Andre Drummond and Tristan Thompson for Cleveland. But uh, Devin just couldn't stay on the floor for the most part. And that ended up biting the Hawks, among other things. In this game, honestly, the first few minutes of the game overall on both ends were pretty horrible to watch. This was not a great played game on either end of the floor for either team, but the Hawks opened one of nine. The Cavs were two of eight. There were a ton of whistles in this game, a ton of stoppages, kind of just a rough watch and not a huge surprise on that front because as people who cover the league were talking about on Wednesday, this is sort of the uh, one, two, three Cancun kind of game. Um, It's the last game before the uh, all-star break. People want to get out of there and uh, there were some remnants of that in this spot. The Hawks did have a uh, an 11-0 run, though, in the first quarter to take an 11-6 lead. The Cavs didn't score for almost four minutes, and uh, but hilariously from there, it was an 11-0 run right back by Cleveland. In fact, the entire game in the early going was a 6-0 run by Cleveland, then 11-0 by the Hawks, then 11-0 by the Cavs, and uh, that was all the points in the first you know six minutes or so. Um, the Hawks did use all three centers in the first eight minutes, and in fact, after the halftime break, the Hawks leaned pretty heavily on Bruno Fernando when compared to Damian Jones, which I thought was noteworthy after the half. But, you know, the first quarter 
was not a complete disaster until the end of the first quarter. Um, it was a 27-5 overall run extended by the Cavs that featured a an 11-0 run and a 12-0 run both in that same time span. The Hawks needed a three from, from Vince Carter at the end of the first quarter to cut the lead down to 14. They were down by 17. It was kind of a disastrous period. You know, the first half overall was not good, but most of the damage done, honestly, in this game was in the first quarter and uh, pretty rough on a number of levels for the Hawks. They shot 7-23 from the floor. The Cavs got eight offensive rebounds in the first quarter. That is absolutely brutal, even against a team that has great rebounders in Thompson and Drummond. And it's honestly, it's kind of hard. As I, as I said before, the Hawks had an, had an 11-0 run in the first quarter. It's pretty hard to have an 11-0 run in a quarter and lose the quarter by 14 points, but the Hawks did it in this game. It was kind of a microcosm of a lot of things. Uh, the second quarter was a little bit more friendly overall, but Deadman with more foul trouble was off the court. And then uh, kind of the other thing that I would say was microcosm of this game was that Tristan Thompson hit back-to-back threes in the second quarter. He actually hit another one late in this game, but they were the the, the first two in the second uh, the second quarter were his his fifth and sixth career three-pointers, and Tristan's been in the league for about a decade now, uh, and they came on back-to-back plays, so that was kind of uh, both amusing and also kind of ridiculous in a lot of ways. The Hawks did start scoring, finally, after a rough first quarter offensively. Really, the Hawks were pretty decent offensively after the first quarter the entire rest of the game, but the defense just never kind of caught up to the offense. Out of a timeout, there was a great a great sequence from the Hawks, a gorgeous pass by Trey Young for a three by DeAndre Hunter, then Hunter got a steal, and then a great outlet pass by Cam Reddish for a dunk for John Collins, and to that point, and probably the entire night, that was probably the best sequence of the, of the whole night for the Hawks, and then a few minutes later, Collins had a uh, a great um, play off, off a law by, by Trey Young. By the way, the first quarter, um, I, did, I sort of neglected to mention this, but there was a a ridiculous is probably the best way to put this dunk by John Collins that was the highlight of the night on either side off a lob by Cam Reddish it actually wasn't a great pass by Cam but um, Collins flashed his insane athleticism and that, and that catch radius he caught the ball way behind his head and finished it you probably saw the replay but uh, a fantastic play by, by John Collins in fact he his first six yes six field goals in this game were all dunks so John was uh, pretty active around the rim Later on in the first half, um, the Hawks were sort of emptying the bench to, some, to a certain degree. In fact, the Hawks played 12 guys in the first half of this game and played 12 in the entire game, and we'll come back to that later on. But um, noteworthy that the Hawks did kind of use everybody and try everything in this game, other than DeAndre Bembry, who was available but did not play. That was a surprise to me. I'm not really sure if he's just not 100% yet or what, but um, the Hawks went to Travion Graham for a few minutes and not to Bembry. Granted, you know, it didn't really matter, I, I don't think, in this game, but uh, I always wanted to point that out, that Bembry was available and didn't play. Um, the Hawks trailed by, by as many as 20 in the first half. They trailed by 17 at the half after Trey Young beat the buzzer on a floater. In the uh, in the first half, a 44-20 to 20 advantage in points in the paint for Cleveland. They, just, they kind of just bludgeoned the Hawks on the interior for most of the night. And that was pretty much the difference in this game. Atlanta shot 10 of 29 on two-point attempts in the first half, which is just dreadful. They actually did make seven threes, but offensively it was not great. And I'm not really sure that anybody played well before halftime. So uh, that's how you get down by 17 against a team that's as bad as the Cavs are right now. You know, microcosm, in the the second half, the Hawks were pretty competitive. And the the final margin of 22 is not really um, indicative. The Hawks were around... Hovering, hovering, hovering around 10 for a lot of the second half, so 22 was a little bit high. But um, there was a stretch of three straight threes from Hunter, Herter, and Dwayne Debman to cut the lead down to 13 early on in the third quarter. Um, despite the fact that Debman got the quick, the quick fourth foul, he actually stayed in the game for a while. The offense was pretty good. They had scored 13 points in the first four minutes of the third quarter. They just couldn't get stops, honestly, and they even went small with Colin at center for, for, for one point in time. 
Cleveland did have their big run, their last big run, I will say, a 14-4 to push in the third to go up by as many as 23 points. That um, opened up the Hawks to go back to uh, Bruno Fernando again. Um, the Hawks trailed, trailed by, that was their high, that was the high water mark in terms of the deficit until the uh, very end of the game. Um, and then, but the Hawks were still down by 18 after three quarters. They battled for the most part in the third. It was kind of even, and the offense was pretty good but defensively. The Hawks had a 128 defensive rating through three quarters, and, uh, you know, it got a little bit better from there, but pretty, pretty rough overall. Uh, in the fourth, there were a couple of encouraging moments. There was one rough one in that Cam Reddish tried a huge dunk early on in the fourth quarter. It landed kind of funny and limped off the court, went to the locker room. He came back quickly, though, and hopefully he's okay. There, um, The fact that he came back in the game is a good sign there because the Hawks would not have pushed him in any circumstance there, so I'd imagine he's fine. There was a uh, push by the Hawks including a five-point stretch in about 19 seconds that prompted a timeout from the Cavs. Atlanta, Atlanta then scored six in a row later on in the period to cut, cut the lead down to nine. So a big run overall was 18-9 to nine to open the fourth quarter in favor of the Hawks. Um, from there, it kind of hung around that 10-12 to 12 point range for the next several minutes. Um, kind of back and forth, back and forth, and then there was a uh, I thought a pivotal moment in the game was the, the, the Cavs went up, by, went up by 11 on free throws with about four and a half minutes to go. Obviously, down 11, four and a half to go. The Hawks are pretty big underdogs there. But Hunter then misses a three. That was a pretty good look. If, if he makes that one, the Hawks are down by eight, but he misses it. The, the, um, the Cavs get a run out. Colin Sexton gets a get, gets fouled at, at midcourt, and it was really clear path foul. That was the correct call. It was kind of just a brutal spot for the Hawks, but it, it was the correct call. It was clear path foul. And um, because of that, the Cavs got two free throws, which Sexton made both, and then they got the ball back. Um on the bright side for Atlanta, Sexton made the free throws to go up by 13, but then they actually didn't score the next play. But um, from there, the Hawks never really made another run. Um, the, the, the Cavs never really slammed the door until about the two-minute mark or so. It was hovering in that 11 range, but the game probably ended realistically when Trey Young turned the ball over at the two-minute mark, down 11. Um, and then the Cavs score on the next possession to kind of slam the door finally. And, that, you know, the last two minutes were just all Cavs, which didn't really matter. But And that's how you get to the uh, final margin. But in general, this is probably like a 12-point loss somewhere in there for the Hawks. It just kind of looks a little bit worse than it needed to at the end of the game. But still, overall, the offense was pretty good after the first quarter. Again, as I said before, um, the first quarter was rough. After that, the Hawks were pretty decent offensively, and the numbers are not great overall. A 103 offensive rating. They did make 38% of their threes and 80% of their free throws. That's pretty good. 24 assists is okay. Um, 17 turnovers is too many, and the two-point shooting was kind of rough. But overall, the offense probably did enough to win after the first quarter. The first quarter was bad, but after that, there were plenty of signs, and offense was not really the problem in this game. Defensively, though, it was it was rough. Uh, a 125 defensive rating. The Cavs shot 51% from the floor, 36% from three. They had 25 assists. Um, offensive rebounds did slow down a little bit, but they had 17 for the game. That is still just way too many. Uh, it wasn't as bad as it was in the first quarter when they had eight, but Cleveland kind of did whatever they wanted to on the interior in this game. It was better when Deadman played on the bright side. In fact, the Hawks were plus one with Dwayne Deadman on the court. In a game, they lost by 22. So that kind of tells you about how the backup stint, the backup stints went. But um, still, you know, Drummond and and Thompson were very good in this game, and they were they were probably the best players on the court for the Cavs throughout the contest. So, you know, overall, first quarter rough. After that, yeah, a little bit better, but it was kind of the damage was done on the road. Okay, we'll come back after a short break, as we always do, and talk about the individual stuff on the podcast. But here's a quick break to hear from our sponsors. All right, and we're back to talk about the individual play in this game. And uh, for the most part, it was a mixed bag um, toward the negative for the Hawks. They played 12 guys. 
the bench was really bad for the most part. Uh, it was a little bit better after the first quarter, but in that first quarter, there was a lineup that just got absolutely annihilated. The second, the second unit just got killed at the end of the first quarter, and that was kind of a big stretch in the game. Um, the numbers don't look as bad, but you know, the only guy that scored more than four points off the bench in this game was Cam Reddish. Everybody else, four, zero, three, two, all the way down. Bruno Fernando was a little bit better in this game at times. Defensively, he had a rough stint in the first in the first half that I thought was uh, you know kind of disqualifying for a while, and that's kind of why they went away went away from him. But he played a little bit better after halftime. Had two points, four rebounds in this game. Damian Jones, four points, four rebounds, two offensive rebounds, um, but defensively just got got bludgeoned for the most part on the glass. Had a had a really hard time keeping Drummond and Thompson away from the uh, boards. Jeff Teague and Brandon Goodwin combined to go 0 of 5 in this game in 24 combined minutes. The Hawks leaned heavily on Trey Young and did not want to apparently use the two-point guard lineup too much in this game because combined you wouldn't normally see Teague and Goodwin play 24 minutes only, but there you go on that. Those guys were not terribly effective on either one. Um, Goodwin was a little bit better, probably just played with more force, but neither guy had it going in this game. Travion Graham um, did not score. In his five minutes, Vince Carter hit 1-3, and that was basically all that he did in his last trip to Cleveland. And then you, and then you get to Reddish, who uh, the numbers look pretty good um, stat-wise for Cam. He had 16 points, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He was 4 of 11 from the floor, which is not fantastic. Got to the line eight times, which is a very nice sign, I think, for Cam Reddish. He actually, and he also shot two of four on threes. Uh, he was minus 26, which is by far the worst on the team. That's not necessarily indicative. I think Cam did struggle with the second unit in the first quarter, but after that, I thought he, I actually thought he played pretty well. He took a couple of shots that you don't love from him, a couple of those like contested long twos that he needs to probably take out of his game for the most part right now. But defensively, he was the best wing on the team, I think, in this game. And then offensively, he had a couple of nice moments, including a couple of, I would say, just pure makes on threes. You, you definitely want to see that from Cam. So the minus 26 is something you could probably just ignore, frankly. I thought he was okay, despite the fact that the uh, plus minus was not very kind to Cam. Um, starters, still a mixed bag. Um, the, we'll save the big two for the end. Kevin Herter was very bad in this game for Kevin Herter. Um, he, he's been very good, I would say, for the last few weeks now. Kind of, you, kind of seeing his breakout for the uh, at least in, to some extent. But in this game, it was pretty shaky. Eleven points, four twelve from the floor. The numbers don't look as bad as I actually thought he was. There wasn't a whole lot of force from Kevin. He had four turnovers as compared to only two assists. Just not his best work defensively. It was kind of a mixed bag as well to a negative side. And uh, I thought he was just he struggled in this game, which is okay. I mean, it's, it is what it is. He's been he's been playing pretty well, but he was not good in this game. Dwayne Devin was good, except for when he was fouling. <laughs> Devin had four fouls, as I said before, in the first six minutes of play. Still finished with seven points, four rebounds, three steals, and three blocks in 18 minutes. So, um, obviously, he was plus one. I think that's pretty indicative, honestly. When he's out there, the Hawks are just a different team right now, and that's a good sign for him moving forward. But the fouls were huge in this game. You can't really avoid that. But uh, when he played, he was good, other than the fact that he, um, at least some, some of that was, uh, you know, self-inflicted with the foul drawing that the Cavs were able to accomplish. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, not fantastic, I will say. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. He was at least active defensively for the most part. Had a couple of bad moments at times, some rookie moments from DeAndre, but I actually thought he was pretty active and pretty aggressive defensively in a good way. But he was but he was also shaky on twos. He was 1 of 5 on twos. Uh, you know, combined, a, lot of the, a lot of guys were better from 3 than 2 in this game, which is not what you normally see, but Hunter was 1 of 5 on twos. Um, Herter was 1 of 5 on twos. Cam Reddish was 2 of 7 on twos. So just a lot of shaky finishing and mid-range stuff in this game that the Hawks probably need to just take away for the most part. But back to Hunter real quick. He was okay. You know, wasn't his best work, wasn't his worst work, kind of just in the middle, probably training toward the negative a little bit, but there you go on that. 
And then Collins and Young, as always, will end with those guys. Um, Collins, 23 points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. I think defensively it was not his best work for him. I think there have been nice strides from John this season defensively in a lot of ways. This is not a great night for him. I think he got kind of pushed around, for the at least against Drummond at times. Again, that's not a slight on John because he's not as big as those guys are. There's a reason why he's not playing full-time center. But he was at least efficient offensively. 9-12 from the floor speaks for itself. He had at least six dunks, maybe even seven dunks by the end of the game. One of two on three. So... Um, he was effective offensively for sure. Defensively, he was not the only one that struggled, but nobody had a good game defensively for the Hawks. I mean, maybe Debman, if you want to go ahead and stretch that out. Trey Young got up to a slow start, but the numbers look very good at the end of the game because he was very good after halftime. 27 points, 12 assists, 8 of 17 from the floor, 2 of 7 from 3. He was kind of passive, um, kind of strangely, I would say, for him in the first half. But once he got going, it was definitely uh, to one of those things where, you know, I think it's a good sign if you're a fan of the Hawks that. Even down like 15 in the fourth quarter, you, you feel like you have a chance because of Trey. At least it's not only Trey, but I feel like he's obviously the biggest engine of that. And we've just seen him sort of key some of those comebacks. And I think there was a couple of times where it felt like the Cavs just could not stop him. He was getting either getting to the line and getting, or getting to the rim or getting an open three, whatever he wanted to after halftime. And uh, that's a good sign moving forward. But uh, kind of a sluggish start, I will say, from Trey. And defensively, it wasn't wasn't great either, but still ended up with a pretty efficient 27 points, 12, 12 assists. You can't really argue too much with that. Okay, um, so obviously, it's not a great performance from the Hawks. I think the second half... Other than the final two minutes of the game was actually respectable. I tweeted that out as well. I think if the game starts at halftime, nobody's terribly upset here. If the Hawks lose this game by five points and they're competitive, it would not have been a horrible performance. Um, but the first quarter, especially, and you know, the first quarter and a half or so, was almost embarrassingly bad. I will say, you know, some of that's probably just looking ahead. Some of that's just not playing that hard. Lloyd Pierce did not seem thrilled with the effort level of the Hawks in this game. So, you know, I don't want to make too much out of it because it's the last game. It's a battle between two bad teams and you're going to the all-star breaks. So I don't want to end things on a terribly negative note here, but the Hawks just did not play well enough to win in this game. Even if the offense did pick it up um, just defensively, there's no excuse to be this bad against a team, against a team like, like Cleveland. And granted, the Cavs made some shots they don't always make, like Tristan Thompson obviously going three for three on threes um, speaks for itself. But some of that was the Hawks just kind of letting them get going and uh, not, not great necessarily for Atlanta. Okay, we'll, we'll look ahead a little bit here. The Hawks don't play again. This is their last game, of course, for more than a week. The Hawks don't play again in a regular season context until next Thursday at home against the Miami Heat. Um, that'll be an interesting game to see how the Hawks respond to the long layoff, of course. Um, between now and then, Trey Young is in action this weekend on Friday against the, uh, in the Rising Stars game, Saturday three-point contest, Sunday All-Star game. So a busy weekend for Trey. Um, not too much else going on in, in Hawks land, though. Um, I'm actually traveling, just as a reminder. I said this on, on yesterday's podcast as well, but I will be out of pocket this weekend. So unless something absolutely crazy happens, I will not have another another podcast until at least Sunday night or Monday. Um, my apologies for that, but it's just kind of that. It's a good time to go ahead and do that. Um, we'll, we'll cover anything that happens with All-Star. Um, we'll, we'll make it back from All-Star. And uh, we'll look ahead to other things that are happening. I, I do have a couple of guests that I'm hopefully lining up for next week to do a kickoff before the Hawks start playing again on Thursday. And then this guy picks up again. And the Hawks for this retro run at this point in time. The Hawks now have 26 games remaining on the season. They're 15 and 41, which is not where anybody thought they'd be at this point in time, myself included, even if even if I was kind of skeptical at times of the Hawks. Um, they could certainly end strong. I think they probably will compared to the rest of the season so far, but this is not a great this is not a great data point, and hopefully they'll uh, sort of remove this from their minds as they go into the break and come out fresh, and uh, we'll see how they fare beginning on next Thursday against Miami. So with all that said, thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, please subscribe, please subscribe, please subscribe to the pod. Tell a friend or two or three. I really 
appreciate everybody listening uh, during the first half plus of the season, and we'll come back with a vengeance after the All-Star break, so stay tuned for all of that.